willkommen zum Viennale Podcast. Mein Name ist Alexandra Zavia. Ich unterhalte mich mit Gästen der Viennale 2022. Heute sitze ich hier mit Regisseurin Joanna Hoke und wir sprechen über ihren aktuellen Film The Eternal Daughter. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you. In The Eternal Daughter, Julie, played by Tilda Swinton, and her mother, uh, Rosalind, also played by Tilda Swinton, visit a hotel in Wales shortly before Christmas and they are staying there to spend some time together. With them is their dog Louise and um, the uh, Julie wants to make a film about her mother actually and she's trying to learn something about her past. She is um, asking some questions, but also we are witnessing how she is having problems uh, making this film about her mother. The Eternal Daughter um, seems a bit like a sequel to The Two Souvenirs. Is that something uh, that we can say or is it actually not conceived as that? It's not really conceived as that, even though it shares uh, two of the same characters. I felt very much, or I feel very much, that it's a it's a it's a different story. It also doesn't follow in time, so it's it's it, if you like, it's many years later. But it's not uh, no, it's not a third part. It, uh, it doesn't make it a trilogy. And and I think with all my films, I have characters, even if they have different names, or sometimes the same names, I, I have ideas and characters that move from one story to another. There's always something left behind of a previous film that I'm still really interested in or even obsessed with, and that enters into the next work. But uh, unlike the two souvenirs, which of course are completely connected, The Eternal Daughter, I feel very much is its own world. So there are no things that are left from the previous film which you ha are dealing with except the mother-daughter relationship for example there are pro well there are other aspects uh how it is to be uh, a creative person uh the confidence to tell a story about something that's very personal so that is in common with the with the souvenirs and and with the eternal daughter because julie is is grappling with uh, making a film based on her mother. So so there are I mean there are probably because it's I'm behind the creation of the films. I'm sure there are many things that even I don't know or I'm conscious of that that that, that enter into it. And and I sometimes have this feeling of uh, yeah working with the same territory each time. But but with the Eternal Daughter actually more than with all the other films the other five films this is my sixth film uh i wanted to actually go into a new new uh new direction uh working a little bit uh based on genre that's interesting um i mean the 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 mother mother daughter relationship does resound uh with the the, the souvenirs of course but there's also a big question of, of guilt uh, when we are watching or witnessing Julie trying to assess the, the past of her mother. So that's an interesting um, feeling we, we, we sense because we don't really know where the guilt comes from um, because there we don't know if anything happened and we, we actually are led to assume that is that it is a, a self 
perceived guilt that it actually doesn't come from anywhere but from Julie herself and we don't know so uh, being a kind of a mirror of you uh, or yourself uh, making a film about something that probably relates to you autobiographically it's interesting and I would like to ask is there a sense of guilt you are feeling? The making of The Eternal Daughter was for me fraught with feelings of guilt and it was to do with very much what Julie's experiencing in a way but to do with telling a story that's based on um, a relationship that I've had uh, since birth so the the mother-daughter relationship has always really interested me and in fact I wanted to make The Eternal Daughter in 2008 I actually wrote it then and uh, ended up discarding it because uh, I couldn't face uh, my mother seeing this film and, uh, and, and the feelings of guilt I would have of what, what seemed to me to be a, a, a kind of theft, a kind of theft of, of my mother's life. Uh, so I, I, I discarded it in 2008 and then I made Archipelago instead, which wasn't directly about my family. So I, I, I put some of the same feelings into, into that story. And then uh, it was making the souvenirs and the depiction of Julie's mother, Rosalind, but in the 1980s, also loosely based, very loosely based on my mother. It was, it was the, the creation of this uh, character, Rosalind, that helped me separate Rosalind from my own mother. And then Rosalind enters into the eternal daughter, of course. As you are mentioning Archipelago, there is um, a, a scene uh, in the film uh, Archipelago where the, the, the family uh, with two friends are going to a restaurant um, and we are then witnessing a really embarrassing and actually painful scene at the table as, as one of them is, is uh, not happy with the food they are receiving, with the meal. And um, there's also an interesting or a recurring uh, kind of like gag scene here in The Eternal Daughter uh, when they're ordering their, their meals at, uh, at dinner. And also in, in uh, other films of yours, there's always a, a table scene uh, that seems to be a prominent um, kind of like trigger for you to, to dive into something. What is it? What, what do you get from those? Or why do because they are always really painful and hilarious and revealing and touching at the same time. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's because I find often uh, meal times uh, very awkward, and I, in fact, I have a horror of uh, dinner parties because there's always uh, there's always something going on, usually under the surface. Either I'm feeling like uh, I don't know what to say or somebody else is saying something that's embarrassing. It might be somebody else that I'm there with who I know or I've arrived with. And I find it very hard to separate myself from, from, from uh, the, the, the other people. And I, I mean, it's hard to describe, but there's just so many. For me, it's such a, a, a fraught, uh, rich in a way, territory uh, to, to, to draw from because I've had so many uh, feelings of embarrassment and shame and uh, wanting to disappear, uh, fantasizing of just uh, doing what a character did in exhibition, which is faint in order to get away from the dinner. Uh, I, yeah, so I now I ha have a dread of them. 
um, uh, but it also began from a very young age when I was sitting at table uh, with my parents and family friends and, and, and feeling very much an outsider often in these situations, but uh, realizing that I was uh, drinking in, I was absorbing a lot of the atmosphere that was going on. Uh, a scene you're describing from your memory, like having family dinners with friends and sitting there as a child already, hint, uh, autobiographically hint at a uh, upper middle class, that's the background of the characters in your films as well. Is it social realism? Is it, uh, or is it just natural because you're coming from that background? Yeah, I mean, I always find it very uh, difficult to answer th this question of class because I'm very unaware of class in my in my daily life, and it's partly because I grew up uh, in in uh, a particular, I suppose I yeah I grew up in a particular uh, middle class, middle upper class. I don't know what you like to call it. I'm even horrified to put a name on it, but I but it was my my childlike view of of the people that I saw and the situations that I witnessed that 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 uh, isolated me from the from the 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 the, the uh, class that I was growing up with. So I I so I now find it uh, horrifying in a way that I'm being placed within this milieu, this milieu that I found I was very critical of and I didn't want to be a part of and then wanted to live my life very much not within one part of society. So it's a, it's a strange thing now I, it, that I feel that I'm being grouped into something that I really don't want to be grouped into, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I understand. Um, you were mentioning the exhibition, uh, one of your other films, um, and uh, there's another scene that uh, resounded with me in uh, The Eternal Daughter. It's when in uh, in exhibition, Dee walks through the house by herself and she's uh, looking into each room, she is opening the cupboards and so on, and um, we get a feeling for a relationship somebody can have with a, with a building, with a house and uh, in The Eternal Daughter, Julie, uh, at night, uh, wanders this big, amazing hotel in the house and she also opens the doors, she walks through. The lightning is different, uh, I mean, in, in the color scheme, although not in the in the shadow, shadow light play, uh, but uh, we also get a feeling there's a, there's some connection with the house. How do you? Um, why is that so so important? It's a it's recurring actually uh, the relationship of characters with buildings or with homes with houses. What's what's interesting for you about this? Yeah. Well, firstly, I really like that you've made the connection between the Eternal Daughter and Exhibition because I feel out of all the other films, those two. Uh, connect the most in a way. So I feel the Eternal Daughter is much more connected to exhibition than it is the souvenirs. Um, and uh, and it was something about the exploration in that film and, and tapping into the fears of D that made me think I want to take those ideas further in another context, in a much more gothic context in a way. But it, but it all comes from my relationship with buildings and my own fears of the dark, my own fears of something hidden in a cupboard that might jump out at me and surprise me, um, so it's it's uh, yeah it's completely tapping into my 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 own fears and uh, the eternal daughter even more directly with that. So I I wanted to take a house 
the house in exhibition is a modernist house from the si 19, late 1960s. And uh, it, it interested me uh, that, that, that a house that is, well, kind of modern, um, compared with the house in um, The Eternal Daughter, but that a, that, 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 a, that a modern house can still be frightening. I'm really uh, inspired by the spaces that I spend time in. Uh, I'm really interested in this hotel we're sitting in right now because it was uh, also built in the 60s, um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't have something lurking uh, in, in a cupboard or uh, I've, had, I've had experiences in hotels often that have been very, uh, yeah, sometimes uh, quite intimidating. What kind of experience is hearing something or like, like Julie in The Eternal Daughter? From the upper floor? I, uh, I mean, without going into too many uh, stories, but I stayed in a hotel uh, once in Los Angeles uh, that was built in the 30s. And in the night, uh, I experienced, or it felt like the door of my room uh, swung open and then the bathroom door slammed shut and I felt like something had entered the room. And then I called the, 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 the night porter downstairs uh, and said, please, will you come up to the room and investigate if there's something that had gone into the bathroom? Because the drawer had slammed shut and I really felt like there was something in there. Um, and the, nothing was found, of course, and I still don't know if it was my imagination. And I'm very interested in that uh, time when we're, when we're just going to sleep and between dreaming and, 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 and waking and I, in that time, uh, that um, those ideas, well, sleep paralysis is something I'm really interested in and have experienced quite quite a lot of times. I see, and also the uh, the transition from, as you're saying, from sleeping to waking up when the consciousness and the sense seem to be extremely alert, but we are not really, you know, rationalizing what's happening. And and often uh, can't can't move, are paralyzed in that moment. I've had that experience many times, and it's very confusing because you feel like sometimes you really are being pinned down by somebody or something evil is in the room mm. uh, uh, and then and then often you know well you usually wake up from that but it's yeah I, I, I think that 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 um, sort of twilight zone is is, is is so interesting yes very much I agree I find that interesting too and uh, that actually leads us right into the uh, house again I want to ask how do you find it uh, I heard I read in interviews that you just googled some spooky places or something like that. Yes, well, I found it. Um, I found it during uh, our first lockdown in 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 the UK when you couldn't visit anywhere, and I was literally uh, googling haunted houses <laughs> in the United Kingdom. And uh, there must be a lot, no? There are a lot, but the one I chose wasn't haunted. Well, according to the internet. Um, although, you, if you asked any of the crew members after shooting the film, well, there were many experiences. But it's hard to know if it was our imaginations on fire or whether there were actually things going on in the hotel. Um, but I found it, uh, yes, through, through, through Googling, and then as soon as it was possible to travel to visit the house, um, I went with my production designer. Stefan Collange and uh, we walked around and it was yeah I mean I'd already decided from seeing a nip just a photograph of the hotel that it was the place that we wanted to use 
you are adding an extra atmosphere by lightning, by the uh, the fog, uh, by the perspectives. We, whenever Julie's leaving the house, we see her from the bird perspective, um, like she's being watched. Also, in your other films, there is always, I mean, this this um, you're working with almost kind of like natural light in the room. Uh, um, characters very often move from the um, light and center into a shadow uh, edge of the frame i don't know how much of that is is conscious but uh, but i d but i did think about that and uh, well i've experienced that myself where i see something move in the dark i'm in a situation and i see something and then i realize that that what i've seen is is a reflection of myself in a mirror but i haven't seen the mirror clearly because it's so dark so i, I i'm interested in that confrontation with oneself and that really what one is frightened of is some some aspect of oneself. So that, that is definitely in there, whether conscious or, 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 or not. And, uh, and with the Eternal Daughter especially, we wanted to create this very, uh, yeah, this very dark atmosphere full of shadows, uh, very much a palette of dark blues and, 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 and dark greens. And then we were very... Uh, in impressed uh, or, or noticed the the security lights in the hotel with this bright green so that and they were it felt they felt like sort of alien presences or something these dark green lights that would um, appear around the hotel so we used that as part of the the the, the palette and then Stefan designed a lot of elements that made the house much more creepy really also the the boyfriend uh, who picks up uh, the the receptionist every night it's a creepy in invasion the the car with the humming uh, sounds it's um, did you think uh, of a lot of references not so many okay. i read more more ghost stories mm -hmm. uh, than watch films but uh, but i yeah over the years i've wa i have watched many many horror films but i but that idea of the boyfriend uh, picking up the receptionist that really came out of staying in a hotel with my mother many years ago and there was no one else uh, in the hotel we were the only guests and then the staff of the hotel would leave at night mm -hmm. so then we would be left on our own and one mm -hmm. night uh, we heard a noise on the roof and we we tried to ring somebody and we couldn't get through to anybody and it, it turned out that w it was pheasants that had landed on the roof but it sounded uh, terrifying um, but I but I, I really liked I wanted to portray this idea of when you're your guests and you're left uh, alone in, in a place so I, I like this idea of the seeing the receptionist going off into the distance and then Julie and her mother uh, uh, yeah are all there on their own yeah, it's also interesting how animals can be super frightening when you see them live. In uh, even the a small bird suddenly can be frightening. It's very interesting. Uh, the Louis the dog does a great job, <laughs> <laughs> but it was never an option that he dies. No, uh, I I just thought that would be too uh, too too sad. And also, it's more about the fear of something happening to him than actually happening to him. And uh, and he he was very uh, he really entered into the story very well i mean literally because he's he's tilda's dog and uh, uh it couldn't have been any other way because we i wasn't going to find a, a, a an actor dog uh and louis uh, really immersed himself in the story and by the end when uh when they're leaving uh in the taxi this isn't giving anything away in the story uh he was uh shaking i mean he re he didn't want to leave uh 
the the place he got very attached to it and also because he's one of uh, five dogs and so he was enjoying some independence away from his other <laughs> brothers and sisters at the end having the full attention uh, it always feels like with a relationship you're one is directly entering the aftermath as well oh. I, 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 it's interesting because I haven't uh, thought about it that way myself uh, but sometimes I mean, well, I haven't thought about it, so I don't really have a, a clear answer to that. But I, but I'm maybe I'm interested in uh, not what happened before, but the effect of something. So the atmosphere uh, after uh, an argument. Uh, yeah, I'm not interested necessarily to see the argument, and and and, and sometimes that uh, seeing the argument itself, when I've seen that in in other. Um, in, you know, in other films, I yeah, I, I yeah, I'm more interested in what's happened around it. It's it connects to the uh, to the eternal daughter as well because we do not really know what happened in the past, but we see that the past has an effect on the present and on the future. So the uh, uh, the the fact that the past shapes the present is much more interesting than. What, what's happening in the past. I, I, I think that's right. I think that's right. Yep. You've said a lot uh, in other interviews about the, the collaboration with Tilda, but uh, tell me again, please, uh, why or what's so fascinating about her? Why can you work with her so well? What do you see in her? Yeah. Well, we, we've known each other since we were children. And in fact, there were many years when we didn't work together. So it's very easy to think, well, what a shame. Why didn't we do more work over those 30, 40 years together. Um, but there was something very special about coming together again, uh, making the souvenirs. Um, and, you know, both of us had been, you know, going on our different journeys, still keeping in touch. But then uh, Tilda coming in, uh, playing Rosalind, who's someone who embodies my mother, embodies her mother. And it was, it w it was very moving also because she knew me during that period that the souvenir is set in so she knew the apartment uh she knew the relationship uh so her, for her to walk into the recreation of the apartment in this aircraft hangar in norfolk uh yeah it was a very special uh, a, a special moment so for both of us it was a trip back to the past okay thank you very much thank you for this talk danke fürs zuhören